Good morning, everyone. We turn again this morning to the book of James as we continue with our series in James. This morning we are James chapter 3, reading from verse 13 to 18. James chapter 3, uh, reading from verse 13. This is God's word. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. When I was in third year at the Irish Baptist College, the the question that is often asked when you're in your final year is, what are you going to do next? Where do you think God is leading you? And during third year, we would spend a lot of time um, discussing these questions as we strived to work out what the next step may be. And there was a man in, in my church then that I, I chatted to, to this about quite a few times. And often as we had these discussions, he would always say to me, Paul, all that is important is your own walk with God. That's the main thing. And what he was saying is that what is important for a life of ministry is not so much where you go, but your godliness and growth in godly character wherever you end up going. Since that, I've spent quite a bit of time thinking about his words. And the more the time goes on, the more I realize how he spoke with godly wisdom. As believers, there's there's something within each of us that, that longs to be wise and display godly wisdom. And this morning, James wants us to grasp what godly wisdom looks like. He first mentioned wisdom back in chapter 1, verse 5, where he said, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Ask God to be able to see things as God sees them. 
And here in chapter 3, as James picks up the theme of wisdom again, he asks the question, who is wise and understanding among you? In other words, if you think you are wise, then stand up and let's assess your wisdom. And James says, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. The NIV translation is helpful for us in this verse. It says, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. True wisdom will produce the good life, the whole life that James has been encouraging us towards. True wisdom, like true faith, is displayed and proven by character and good works. Sometimes we can think of wisdom as having and requiring a lot of knowledge. So biblically speaking, we might say that wisdom is having knowledge of God and his commands. But wisdom is much more than that. Wisdom is the application of knowledge to life. It is the application of knowing God and his commands. One writer simply says that wisdom is doing theology. I mean, any fool can study theology and know theology, but a wise person will take that and then do theology. We can see this understanding of wisdom through the Old Testament. Right back to Deuteronomy 4. Moses is preparing God's people for uh, the promised land and he's calling God's people to obedience. And he says in Deuteronomy 4 verse 5, See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you're entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people. You see, wisdom is not to just know God's commands, but to do God's commands. We think of the, the wisdom literature that we are given in the Old Testament. The book of Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord includes knowing God, acknowledging who God is, his rule, his reign over all things, and then living in response to and in light of that. In Ecclesiastes, the preacher sets out to find the good life. He wants the wisdom to know the best way to live. And again we see that his wisdom for living comes from acknowledging who God is, the creator of all things, to know that all we have in life is from him. And his conclusion in the final analysis is to fear God and keep his commandments. That is wisdom to live by. We think of Job. Job learns wisdom 
he learns that wisdom is to live through all circumstances, good and bad, again, through humble acceptance that God is God and he is not. Job doesn't understand why God works how he does, but acknowledging him as God then changes his living in the present. We come to the New Testament and Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he asks, where's the one who is wise? And he goes on then to contrast the wisdom of the world with God's wisdom. Now the wisdom of the day was found in in high intellect and, and divine secrets or divine knowledge, but the problem was they often missed application to their own lives. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 22, he says, Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews, folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. True wisdom is found in Jesus Christ. And that comes as a gift from God. Now, we can't fully understand God's wisdom. We can't fully understand how he chose to send Christ to die in our place and take the punishment for our sins so we could know God eternally. But Jesus Christ is the beginning of wisdom and growing in wisdom is to become like him who perfectly obeyed all of God's commands. Now we come back to James James says, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Wisdom is evident by good works carried out with a meek or gentle or humble manner. True wisdom, knowing God in Christ, produces good works, And true wisdom, knowing God in Christ, produces humility. Now, James does give us more detail of what true wisdom looks like. And he helps us to grasp true wisdom by contrasting um, earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. He shows us what earthly wisdom looks like and what it produces. And he shows us what heavenly wisdom looks like and what it produces. So let's take each one in turn. We'll begin with earthly wisdom and we'll spend less time in this one and more time on heavenly wisdom. But if you look at verse 15 there, James says that earthly wisdom is unspiritual. It is devoid of the spirit of God. It is living life failing to recognize the sovereign rule of God. Furthermore, this earthly wisdom is demonic in its origin. Again, the NIV um, has here an earthly wisdom in in inverted commas, which makes the point that, that wisdom that is not from God is really no wisdom at all. But James describes this earthly wisdom to us. Look at verse 14 this time. He says, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. 
The person living by earthly wisdom has a great concern for self. They will always be ready to make their point and fight for their rights. They will be critical of others as a way of promoting themselves. They will be jealous when others are heard or listened to or acknowledged more than them. Their overall concern is for themselves rather than for the good of the whole. We can see examples of this jealousy in the early days of the church. So, for example, Acts 5.17, we read, The high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that's the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy, and they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. Again, Acts 13, But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy, and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. You see, the high priests, the Jews, they couldn't bear it when, in this case, God's agenda was moving forward, rather than their own agenda and ideas. And their selfish ambition, which again is the idea of promoting our own interests, and willing to use divisive means to do that. And James says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. If a person claims to be wise, but they're holding on to bitterness and jealousy, James says, well, actually you're living a lie. Now, the result of this earthly wisdom we see in verse 16 James says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. And it's not difficult to see that where jealousy and selfish ambition exist within the church, there will be disorder and division. So earthly wisdom is characterized by bitter envy and selfish ambition and results in disorder and division. But in contrast, verse 17, wisdom from above is pure. That is wisdom from God. Paul writes to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, he says, I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband, that is Christ, to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. You see, true wisdom is undivided in its loyalty and devotion to Christ. First John chapter 3, verse 3, Everyone who thus hopes in him, that is Christ, purifies himself as he is pure. True wisdom is displayed in becoming like Jesus Christ. Now the qualities then that follow are really dimensions of that overall purity, that overall becoming like Christ. So the first one we see here is true wisdom is peaceable. Proverbs tells us in chapter 3, 17, 
that her ways, the ways of wisdom, are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Peace can refer to harmony and reconciliation between man and God. And of course we know that peace came at great cost. Paul tells us in Ephesians that we've been brought near to God through the blood of Christ. It was our sin that disrupted peace between us and God, but Christ died on the cross, paying the price for our sin, killing the hostility, and brought us peace with God. And Paul says that Christ brought us near to God and to each other. And it is our relationships with each other that is James's focus here. Paul says to the Romans in chapter 12, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Peaceable is the opposite of envy. True wisdom is not to fight for your rights at the cost of peace, but rather to set aside your rights to keep peace or to bring peace then we see that true wisdom is gentle or considerate. Again, the opposite of envy. Earthly wisdom will be quick to criticize and judge others. True wisdom will be quick to forgive others. One day I was chatting again to an old believer, a different man this time. Um, A man in his 80s, and he'd been a believer for 60 or more years. And his wife had just passed away, and we were just having a good chat about different things. And John is the type of man that when you visit him, you just want to soak up and take in all that he is saying. And we talked about many things, but he was talking about his walk with God over the years, about growth in Christ and striving to put sin um, to death. And he said, he said to me, he said, I've always found that the best way is to be hard on yourself and easy on everyone else. I've thought about that so much. And you see what, what he was saying When it comes to sin in our lives, in a sense, don't let yourself away with anything. But but when it comes to the sin of others, be gracious to them. Don't be too quick to judge them, but be very quick to forgive them. And you believe that's what James is getting at here. One who has true wisdom knows how to forgive even when he has the right to condemn. And of course, again, this draws us right back to the source of true wisdom, Jesus Christ, who came to this world as Lord over all, the one who was well within his rights to judge and condemn us, and yet went to the cross to take our judgment and condemnation for us, and remains forever faithful and willing to forgive us. Then we see true wisdom is open to reason or is submissive. 
That is, true wisdom is willing to agree to disagree. In contrast to earthly wisdom, which always has to have his point heard and people agree with him, true wisdom is willing to agree to disagree. Now, this is not a weakness whereby we are unwilling to speak up for biblical principles that we should never move on. But there there are biblical principles we will have different opinions on, and true wisdom will only go so far in debating our point or making our argument. True wisdom is willing to let your idea or thought or theological viewpoint go for the sake of the greater good of the community of God's people. And we see that true wisdom is full of mercy and good fruits. James has already mentioned mercy in chapter 2 and the theme returns here. And here mercy and good fruits are closely linked. When we looked at the Beatitudes, uh, we said that mercy was grace in action. Mercy involves moving towards others to help through good acts or deeds. I'm sure you know or remember the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus told the parable in response to the lawyer asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And this parable could act for us as another illustration of earthly wisdom and true wisdom. So a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and left him half dead. And we're told a priest came and saw him but passed on the other side. Then likewise a Levi saw him and also passed on the other side. But a Samaritan came, the least likely to help, and we're told that he had compassion. He went up to him, he bound his wounds, he took him to an inn and paid for all his care. And so Jesus asked the lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbour? And the lawyer answered correctly, the one who showed him mercy. You see, earthly wisdom will not inconvenience themselves to help others. True wisdom will go out of their way to help others. And again, of course, mercy draws us to the source of true wisdom, Jesus Christ. We read in Ephesians 2 that God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. You see, when we were dead in sin, completely unlovable, God in his grace loved us and his gracious love moved him to act in mercy. God literally moved, came to this earth in Jesus Christ. He showed mercy as he moved towards people to heal them and feed them and relieve them in their misery. And we see the mercy of God most as Jesus died on the cross taking our sin upon himself, suffering to relieve us from our misery of suffering and sin and death. 
That is true wisdom. And true wisdom is impartial. We thought about this in chapter 2. And true wisdom makes no distinction among people. True wisdom is non-judgmental. And then true wisdom is sincere. That is, these traits of true wisdom, they are not an act. Those who display true wisdom are the same internally and externally. They are the same in public and in private. I long to have this wisdom in my life. I want to live by this wisdom. When I see these, these characters in others, it is them I want to go to for counsel and direction. You see, as we look at these traits of true wisdom, what we see is that true wisdom is not so much what we are to do, it's not so much having answers to life's most complex questions, but true wisdom is the kind of person that we are. True wisdom is being, striving to be that person in any and every circumstance. As the believers James was writing to, we knew they were facing trials and of every kind. They were facing temptation and they needed wisdom to move through those trials. And here James gives a clear picture of how they can move through those trials with wisdom. As we face decisions of every kind through this life, I believe the wisdom we need to hear is not, well, you need to go to this school or that school, or you need to do this course or that course, or you need to live here or there or whatever else it may be. But I believe the wisdom we need is whether you study this or that, live here or there, do this or that, be sure you are pure. Wherever you end up, live at peace with whoever you find yourself with. Be considerate of others. Agree to disagree. Show mercy to whoever needs it. Don't make distinction among people and be sincere in this. I come back to my friend who I began with. True wisdom says the most important thing in life is your walk with God, becoming like the Lord Jesus, pure. Now we see the results of true wisdom in verse 18. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And we see that the result of true wisdom in contrast to earthly wisdom is peace, unity in the church. This is really where James is wanting us to get to. James is passionate about the unity of God's people. 
Even as we look in Acts, we see in Acts 15 and Acts 21, it was James who was key in helping solve issues between Jewish and Gentile believers and encouraging them and urging them towards living at peace together. And as James comes to address quarrels and fights among the believers, which we'll look at next week, they need true wisdom to manage these difficulties and be united with each other. In the church today, we need true wisdom to maintain unity and peace among our fellowship. If we want to make wise calls and wise choices in our church fellowship, then we will make decisions that will encourage peace with one another. We will be quick to forgive each other. We will agree to disagree. We will show mercy to one another. I hope you're encouraged this morning to live by true wisdom. I trust you can see how good that life is. And when we're living by true wisdom that is starkly different from earthly wisdom, this will be plain for all to see. And I pray that others would see and notice and ask about this wisdom for life that we might point them to the true source of wisdom, that is Jesus Christ. Let's pray.